Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services. And I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs again that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below when you purchase their services let them know derek sent you Welcome to another one. Uh, that's Scar. That's Brandon. I'm Derek. This is episode three of season one of um, Orphan Black. Yep. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm welcome great. Back to the, welcome back to the Black Cast Cast. You told me I couldn't call it that. <laughs> Niggas made fun of me. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still making fun of you. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'm just joking. I don't. I care. love this show. I'm a. I'm addicted to this show right now. Orphan black ass cast. Um, yeah, no, it's an excellent show, and I, I, I literally finished this last episode and was like, I can fit in another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's really difficult to stop, but I have to because mm-hmm. I don't want to do more than two episodes a week. Oh, you don't want to do six? No. Oh, okay. And you're not even the one taking notes, even though this is your selection, and you should be the one taking notes. No, why would I do that? Like that's what I mean. If I take notes, like it'd be it'll be different because my shit would have spoilers and shit. Like you know what I mean? Like of course we have a we have a thing, Rashani. See, on hindsight and on here, you take the notes and you run the show. And then when we do movie reviews, I take the notes and you get to be the color commentator. When's the last time we did a movie review? There hasn't been any movies. There has. I did go see Death of the Nile. It, you know, it was I, wanted, it was, I wanted to see that. I really did because I liked um, Murder on the Orient Express. It's no, it's not Knives Out, but it's good. It's no wacky D. Um, but, I mean, did wait, what? Did you just compare Knives Out to... Hercules Poirot? Yeah, Nice House is much better. Wacky D is in the house. Wack, wacky D is in the house. Did I mention that I can't dance? <laughs> we did CB4, right? That's like yes, we did. We did CB4 right before we did Fear of a Black Hat. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Still, I'm a bust Captain is white ass, which is way better than CB4. Yes, what one hundred percent? Fear of a Black Hat is Mm-mm. is a fantastic movie, but it is one of those things like what we were talking about pre-show, where you see these spoofs and stuff like that. But if you don't know where all of the stuff that they're spoofing came from, it doesn't hit you in the same way. Yeah. That's about the only thing that CB4 has over it is that CB4 is... Is a self-contained story in itself. Very, yeah, I was going to say very vanilla no, as far a, as the storyline. But it's a self-contained story in itself. And, and like, you don't, you don't need to have any knowledge about something else in order to watch that movie. Yeah, Chris Rock and Louis C.K. really did a good job of fleshing out that world. So, um, this episode was called Variation Under Nature. Y'all do know that um, there's only two seasons available on Amazon Prime, right? No, it's more than that. No, there's not. Did they take the rest of it off? I just finished watching it on, on Amazon Prime because I like, you know, I don't, I like not having to put on subtitles for every new episode. Um, and it was like, yeah, there's only two, the first two seasons are available under Prime. So I guess, uh, me buying the entire thing on Voodoo was a good idea. No, I'm looking at it right now. Good for you. seasons on here. On Prime. Prime Video. I'm They only let you work. Okay. Well, then they fucked me over. Let me see. Maybe you're right. I know I'm right. No, Orphan Black Season 3, Prime Video, including your Prime membership. Orphan Black Season 4, including your Prime membership. Then I'm going to call and complain. I'm going to Karen. And five. I'm going to snitch. Wait, wait, wait. It says it's on Amazon Prime, but when you click on it, it says watch with AMC+. No, that's a different set of Orphan Black. You got to search for it specifically. Seasons 1 through 5 included with Prime. Hold on. Let me, if I click on this one. Yep, there it is. Yep, you're right. It, okay. As it's, long two as di- it's, it's two different sets. And yes, this one is, is included with Prime. Yep. Okay, cool. As long as it's there. Um, so, this episode starts with uh, Cosima. Cosima. Asking- Cosima. 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 That's her name, Cosima. Why don't you do the fucking episode then, Scar? This your fucking episode. This your show. The dreadhead. Yeah, the dreadhead. I think you just want to do less work. And I'm not here for you to do less work. Uh, (laughs) sir. Hey, I'm the motherfucker who gets who keeps getting roped into all of your podcasting ideas. This was your podcasting idea. I got roped into it. And because I had just moved into my own spot and I was lonely, I signed on to do this shit. Now that I'm not as lonely as I was, <laughs> oh, it shit don't hit the same. Like now I'm used to being alone and I'm I'm happy with it. You know, oh. nigga can take a nap and shit. You know what I mean? Like what I was doing right before this show. So, Wait, so you're saying that this show don't hit the same? 
No, I'm saying podcasting don't necessarily hit the same because it was something to do when I first moved in here by myself. Nigga, you've been podcasting for like you still podcast. You do the you do the the the, the Scarcasm live every two fucking weeks. Like I don't do this shit every week. <laughs> are you are you breaking up with me, Scar? No, because uh, I, I I really like this show, but. Let some shit like playmakers come around. <laughs> I'll cash it down. <laughs> Never again. Y'all act like y'all didn't enjoy but that I, as much as I didn't. But I think I think we got some pretty I think we got some pretty good selections coming after this. You know, like so I'll be I'll be here. Okay. So Cosima is asking Sarah what the definition of an orphan is. And Sarah confirms that she doesn't know her parents. Meanwhile, Allison doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) She wants to get back onto the subject of Beth committing suicide. She doesn't buy it. She thinks Sarah looks like a grifter and probably pushed Beth onto the train tracks. Sarah tells uh, Allison, I didn't want her life. I didn't want to be Beth, which... The lie detector determined that was a lie. Exactly. Nigga, we watched every step you took towards getting into her life. You can't be like now. I okay, didn't... hold on. She didn't want her life. She wanted her money. There's a distinction. There's she a wanted... distinction here. She wanted to get she wanted to be Beth long enough to get that money and then go be Sarah with her daughter. Hmm. True. See, that's the kind of distinction that'll let me fight a nigga. It's a distinction, yeah. it's, nonetheless. It's, it's like the the moment she decided to be Beth, and she's in Beth's house, and then then um, then Paul shows up and fucks everything up, and then like it just kept snowballing from there. Yeah, and then and then like and then you know like Art shows up and just picks her up out of the blue, and like all of this stuff. Like she didn't mean for none of this shit to happen. She was just trying to get that bread, and she was trying to you know she was trying to figure out what the fuck this girl's life was about, and she was trying to get out. Like that was her whole point. She wasn't trying to figure out what her life was about. She was only trying to figure out what her life was about so she could get her hands on that money that Art had taken. But uh, no, I think originally it wasn't about the money. It was about trying to figure out who the fuck this lady with my face was. Yeah. So like she was trying to figure a little bit about what her life was. And then it was like, oh, I can hit a lick off of this. So uh, Cosima tells Allison that Beth was losing it clinically. And Allison says Beth was a cop. So she was better equipped to deal with the stuff that they're dealing with and storms off. Sarah asks Cosima to explain what's going on. Allison Allison says, "Don't tell her anything. Don't tell her nothing." So Cosima's like, "I can't." Yeah, she's the best. Allison is like it's like the crazy part about it is like the introduction to these characters initially have you feeling some kind of way about them. But like it usually fucking changes. Like, you know, like over time, like how you feel about each of them changes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially um, you know, the introduction of my favorite character at the end. Um, you know, like how you feel about them changes over time. Yeah, that's why you can't do the story. You just did that on purpose. You literally just jumped ahead just so then I wouldn't ask you to 
do this story no more. But you're doing the next episode, Scar. I ain't no, gonna say shit no, on Thursday's I, episode. If you don't talk, was, I ain't saying nothing on Thursday. I'm gonna be later like I, this. I said the introduction of my favorite character, and mm-hmm. I did not. I didn't say anything about the character. I didn't say the character's name. I didn't say nothing. All I said was. That was my favorite character that was introduced at the end of this episode. Yeah, that was a good job, Oscar. Usually, he spoils stuff. Yeah, and and like when the when the music kicked in, I got so fucking excited. So Sarah, excited. Sarah asked how they're all related, and Casima uh, couldn't figure it out by now. Casima says we aren't related by nature. Allison demands a briefcase, and Sarah says I'm not giving you anything until I get some answers. Allison tells her that she doesn't rate high enough to get the answers, which, goddamn. <laughs> you don't rate high enough to deserve answers from me. Shut the fuck up. But Allison gives a good explanation for why she feels the way that she feels a little bit later. Yeah, she does. Um, Cosima, Cosima, Cosima. I don't understand how it's Cosima when it's literally the cosine uh, from math, which is Bruh, I've seen this se- I've seen this series three fucking times, and I listened to the podcast. It's Cosima. Okay, I don't give a fuck. I just said I don't understand how they got that out of these words. Was Allison's kids black? Yes. Yes. Allison's kids are adopted. It. Definitely seems because both her and Donnie are white. So, shout out to um, Donnie, yo. So, Allison tells Sarah that they're clones. They're someone's experiment, and someone's killing them off. Then Allison's daughter Gemma shows up, and Allison doesn't shoot Sarah in the face, you know, which she promised, which is nice. Um, Kasima apologized for not telling her about them being clones in a softer way. And Felix is waiting in the car with it when a concerned Karen knocks on his window, startling him. That bitch Ainsley. I fucking hate her. She tells him that, she, that he isn't supposed to be parked there at night. And when he tells her that he's waiting for someone, she tells him that this is a neighborhood watch block. So, And then she does the two fingers to her eyes and the two fingers to his and walks off with the dog. Felix rolls up the window and calls her the bitch that guards hell and then goes to the house to find out what's going on. And Allison sees him through the window, plus the security lights turn on. And she pulls out her blammer and goes to accost Felix. Sarah comes out and tells Allison that Felix is um, with her and convinces Allison to put the gun down. And when Allison does put the gun down, Sarah slaps the taste out of her mouth and says, don't you ever pull a gun on my brother again. And, and her, then, her demeanor changed real fucking fast. <laughs> Allison's demeanor. To know that was her brother. You just told her. You, you just told her people try to shoot you. Well, I mean, and then some strange man shows up at the house. But the but the thing is, she steps in front of Allison. Is just like put your gun down. Like I know him. That's my people. Like and and Allison's like no fuck that shit. Like you know what I mean? She, she's no, like, Allison's like I don't know you. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah. you. But but at this point, Allison is about it, and mm-hmm. you know she explains why she's about it. At uh, you know a little, she explains a little bit when she says that someone's killing them off. But she explains a little bit later. When, you know, after some things. 
So Allison cries and Sarah tells Felix that she has to go and get her stuff, which Kasima has. And Kasima tells her that she just broke the first rule of Clone Club, which is obviously you don't talk about Clone Club. Then she introduces herself to Felix and tells Sarah, you have my number and I need the briefcase because this is seriously life or death. Um, Felix is suitably stunned by the situation and Sarah denies it. But as Felix sees it, he just saw soccer mom Sarah and science geek Sarah, who in his opinion is cuter than evil Sarah. And I'm guessing Sarah's evil is evil Sarah. Or maybe Allison is evil Sarah. I'm not quite sure because Allison is soccer mom Sarah. Sarah Sarah is evil Sarah. Like yeah. how how he sees it. Like, you know, she she split on her kid for almost a fucking year. I tried to tell y'all that I thought she was a piece of shit and y'all were like, No. I mean, she is a piece of shit. Like we we I mean it, her whole goal is some is some piece of shit shit. Like her whole goal is I'm coming back into town. I'ma hit a lick for this dough. I'ma take my kid and I'ma split. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, you ain't seen your kid in 10 months, in 10, 11 months. And your your goal when you come back is not to go see your kid. It's I'ma hit this lick and then I'ma go take her. Taking my kid. Please pack your knives and go. No. Mrs. No, S no. holding her back. So, so, um, Felix is like, the last time I checked, human cloning was impossible and it's also illegal. And Sarah's like, it doesn't matter, but it matters to Felix because he's like, there's two dead clones, three European clones, and Cosima, who's going on about a blood sample that's literally life and death. So it is important and you can't just ignore it. And Sarah's like, yes, I can. I'm not them. I'm just me. I'm still focused on getting the 75000 from Art, getting Kira, and getting the hell out of town. The next day, as she dresses up as Beth, she wonders if she's going insane. And she goes to the police station and goes to talk to Art to plead with him to put the money back into the account. Or to give the money back. the detective I've ever seen. I mean... He can't tell that something... He don't have to know that she's a clone. But he can't tell there's something off with her. Well, he knows that she does drugs. So he's probably like, is she high or not? Yeah, and and he's been pointing out things like you ain't called me a dumbass up all day. You know what I mean? He's been saying like little stuff, so he's noticed something is different about her. And then like when she's talking about Paul, it's like the fuck you mean about Paul? You know what I mean? Like the, because he knows her, that they're, they're partners. You know, so like the, he's been he's been he's been pointing out little things here and there, but he hasn't quite figured it all out. She's about to leave when the lieutenant calls them into his office and tells her that she's reinstated. And Art says, thank God, because she has a 1045. She awkwardly goes into the bathroom and, and loads up her, well, she puts on her gun vest. I don't even know what it's called. The one she wear over your shoulders that they do in all the cop movies and cop shows where it's a detective. Um, and she fucks it up. And she puts her, she puts two clips in her back pocket. Um, Art tells her that he doesn't have the money in the trunk and that she needs to respond to the dispatchers that are driving towards the scene of the crime, which she doesn't know how to do, so she messes it up. She keeps saying Roger at the end of everything. <laughs> that was funny. I was, I was laughing. We're going to the 1045. Roger. And <laughs> he was, she, the dispatcher was like, who are you? And she just sat there like, uh... 
Uh, and he had to tell her we're 55. And she was like, we're 55, 55 going to the 1045. Roger. <laughs> and Art's looking at her like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, see, like I said, he knows that something's wrong with this situation. He's just not saying, and he's just not saying much. But the way he looked at her is like, bitch, what's wrong with you? You don't know how to call this shit? Like, like he's he's noticing things, but he ain't put nothing together yet. Because in you know, at the end of the day, she looks exactly like that. Exactly. It'll be really out of somebody's character to say this person has been body snatched. No, he should be like, are you on drugs right now? He already answered that the first time. He asked her that when he, when, remember when he pulled her into, when he came and got her and they went to that, um, they went to that, um, that diner and stuff like that. He was just like, I need you to go over this with me because what the fuck's wrong with you? Are you high? Like you're fucking this up right now. And he's just trying to be a good dude to his partner, especially the fact that he's involved in what she was involved with. So he's he, he's trying to be a good dude to his partner, but he's also saving his own ass. And so um, they arrive at the 1045 and it's at the spot where she buried Katja and the body's chewed up pretty badly. Um, and Art asks what Sarah thinks and Sarah surmises that some <laughs> idiot didn't know that they were burying a body near an active quarry. <laughs> right. Uh, and I laughed. And um, another detective comes up and says that they have some good tire prints and that the body hasn't been in the ground for more than three days. Uh, they hope that the print hits because the face is unrecognizable. So Sarah goes to make a call to Kasima, who confirms that their prints are all extremely similar and that they're close enough to flag a match. And Kasima tells her that if one of them has a criminal record, and Sarah sighs because Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. (laughs) 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 Petty assault and fraud for starters. And if the cops flag Sarah, they'll see that it's her, except Sarah's supposed to already be dead. And Kasima tells her not to run because they can't just they, they can't run prints immediately. She tells Sarah to bring her the briefcase and then they can talk. Art sees that Sarah's keeping the extra clips of her gun in her back pocket, which why are you looking at her butt, Art? Why are you looking at her butt, huh? And demands to see her weapon. She shows it to him and he says, the clip is empty. And she says, well, we're going to a crime scene. Who am I going to shoot? And he's like, yo, that's bullshit. And you need to have my back. And if the shooting has you trigger shy, we can. And then she denies it. Um, you don't gotta get ready if you stay ready. That's what R said. Hey, I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. Is what E forty said and Ice Cube. No, okay, far. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, you know, you E forty reference is not going absolutely nowhere with me. I don't understand why you. That's an Ice Cube reference, though. I know that from Ice Cube. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why Scar doesn't like E forty, but he likes Magoo. Because Magoo and Missy rap exactly the same. You just don't like his voice. They don't rap exactly the same. They rap exactly the same. They they rap exactly the same. Missy Missy Elliott is talented. Missy could have said the exact same things that that Magoo said and we would have accepted it. But she didn't. But they rap rap exactly the same. Especially in the early days. In the early days, they rapped exactly the same. Where? 
Is this a mixtape that nobody else heard except for you because you live in Virginia? <laughs> no, they rap exactly the same. There's never been a time where Missy and Magoo rap exactly the same. Yep. Okay. So what you're telling me is that you feel like Magoo is on the same level as Missy Elliott. No, I think Magoo is on the same level as E-40. Bam. I said that shit, nigga. But you never listened to E-40. I don't need to. So uh, how are you making that statement without ever listening to him? That, that nigga raps like a third grader at Cursey. Wait, how are you? How, no, don't don't change the subject. It's it's a funny line, but don't change the subject. How are you making this distinction without ever actually listening to one of them? I've listened to Magoo and I've listened to Missy. I can make listen, the distinction, but to you E40, can't. I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. It's not. It's not. It's not my kind of shit. Name three E forty songs. Why do I need to to show that you've listened to them? Why the fuck do I need to know the I names? I feel like all shit? the E forty songs are the same. Exactly. They're not. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, get, I get nothing from listening to E-40. And like, I did listen to the album with Sprinkle Me on it. I did listen to that shit at the time when Sprinkle Me was the hot shit. And I just didn't feel anything. I'd rather listen to E-40 talk than rap. I get a kick out of him talking. Yeah, but it's like, it's, it's, he's like the West Coast He's like the West Coast version of Raekwon. You know, like Raekwon just says a whole bunch of shit and like you're just you're the most of your listening experience is trying to figure out what the fuck he's talking about. Even though he's saying real words, he's just saying them in a way that makes you is, like, hold on. Is E40 saying real words? <laughs> yeah. Not all the time he's not saying real words. No, nah, he's saying he's saying words that have have altered meanings, and you have to figure out what those altered meanings are. No, he's saying words that don't exist. <laughs> he's giving now, them a, meanings. A lot of it, a lot of it is, a lot of it is actual words that just have altered meanings because of his uh, extreme use of, of of slang that I don't recognize. But you and Rashani both have strong local bias. No, I don't. I don't. He literally bias. said that Magoo is on the same level as Missy. That that's true, but I don't. I don't really have a local bias. How how is that true? One is one of the greatest to do it, and the other one is Magoo. I just, I just don't understand. It's kind of like the 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 candy corn thing, where people just constantly fucking hate on candy corn, and those fucking circus peanuts keep fucking showing them every goddamn year, and no one pays any fucking attention to those horrible fucking circus peanut shits. But we all got it in for candy corn. It's the same way with Magoo. Like we we. Think about Magoo and like, oh my god, Magoo's terrible. But Silk the Shocker still fucking lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Silk the Shocker sucks Silk too. We admit terrible. that. We say that they both suck, and you say no, no, no one. But, but, but the heat that we when when we talk about when we talk about terrible rappers, Silk the Shocker doesn't come up until yes, you. Start do you know why Silk the Shocker doesn't you come up? Do you know why Silk the Shocker doesn't come up in our conversation, Scar? Because Silk the Shocker isn't from your state. Hold on, Silk the Shocker always comes up when I hear people talk about... No, but I'm talking about when we're talking with Scar directly. Yeah, Silk the Shocker, I I make fun of that nigga all the time. From his stupid-ass lyrics to his dumb-ass ad-libs. The nigga on We're About That, the nigga's in the background making car noises with his mouth. Vroom, vroom. (laughs) Fuck Silk the Shocker. Silk the Shocker ruined Ghetto D. Fuck Silk. 
Silk the Shocker is beyond Magoo because Silk the Shocker also can't act. And he tried that shit too. But you <laughs> said Magoo is better than Missy Elliott no, or on I the same level as Missy Elliott, which yes. is frankly bullshit. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that. Especially in, in those early days. I'm talking That's about so in the early days. In the early days, when they were when they were all doing their thing at the same time, they basically rapped the same, and it's just like we just didn't like. His so, voice. are you talking about like "Love to Love You" era? Yeah, pretty much. Magoo is like Dragon. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> this shit! I like Dragon. I like Dragon. I used to like Dragon though. Like is but like like Dragon was like one of those people who just didn't have like a gimmick like like okay like we never like we never mentioned Magoo's gimmick is that he sounds stupid. Yeah, he just he just has a he just has a terrible voice for this. Like he has a terrible voice for this. Um, kind of the same way with Freeway. Freeway has a horrible. Oh no 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 no. I love Freeway. Oh okay. Voice his voice is what turns a lot of people off. And like, oh come on, Freeway has the best non Jay Z rock uh, Rockefeller album. Philadelphia Freeway is fantastic, but a lot I mean, of people but are that's, turned off. That's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> the I best non Jay Z Rockefeller album. What the fuck are we supposed to say, Chris John? Like, <laughs> what? I mean, you still got you still got all the niggas. You know, Chris like, and Liz, like what the. You still got what well, the, the Young Guns album was actually pretty decent, but um, but you know, like you still got Benny Siegel, like all you know, the rest of the Benny music. Siegel. If he had just stopped after he made three songs on that first album, if he had done a three album or a three song EP, he would have been great. But the nigga kept rapping. Um, okay, so that was a nice yeah. little aside. I appreciate that. Right, and and I'm I'm still just shocked that this nigga thought that we held Silk the Shocker in high esteem. <laughs> no, I just said that his his name never comes up. It's the it's the it's the candy corn versus circus peanuts. The thing. nigga the nigga that's, couldn't that's rap on beat before Blueface. Before Blueface was out, there was yeah, Silk the Shocker. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't think of Blueface's name. I just I was like the Tatiana dude. Like, that's who Silk reminds me of. The best, the best meme ever is um, somebody said, uh, somebody calls Blueface and was like, hey, I just finished the beat. He's like, yeah, the song's made already. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, Silk the Shaka, before it was popular for those two days or whatever, Silk the Shaka would literally, he was the only rapper I would know who could zigzag on a beat. I'll be telling you, you better be right here with my dope because I'm not coming back for you niggas. I'm about to. <laughs> and keeping it, and keeping it in uh, New Orleans. Uh, also, somebody baby. put Silk the Shocker ba- in a movie last year. Last and year? He, and he plays Stokely Carmichael. Oh, my God. Whoa. We're not watching it, Brandon. I refuse. I hear you laughing. I'm not watching it. So... Anyhow, um, I don't even know how we got on that subject. That because you keep bringing up Magoo for some strange reason. I like, do not keep bringing up Magoo. It's just his fault that he sucks. 
you keep bringing him, you keep bringing this name up as if it was going to actually trigger me. And it doesn't. It's just like, I just get tired of hearing you talk about the nigga because, like, the nigga is a no, you, you clearly hold him in high, higher esteem than most people. The, the nigga, no, I, I, I ride for my niggas, but like, at the end of the day, like, I don't hold him in any high esteem, but like, he's he's from where I'm from, so like, I, I, I have to at least be like, hey. Can you just shut the fuck up about this shit? Like that's basically what I am. Every time you mention Magoo for some strange reason, you can't let the shit fucking go. I've only mentioned Magoo like twice, fam. Nigga, you mentioned Magoo all the fucking time. <laughs> Do I though, Scar? Yes, nigga. Yes. I feel like I don't. You absolutely do. You get you get Pusha T praise, you gotta live with Magoo. Oh yeah, no, I love Pusha T. King Push is the shit. The nigga can't make an album to save his life. Let's be honest. <laughs> the nigga can't make an album by himself to save his life. Daytona, um, and was made worse by the by the really horrible choice to use that Whitney Houston um picture as his album cover. Um, is is, I mean, but the nigga can't make a the the best the best push of T is when he's having girl problems on a song. It's fucking greatness. Kind of like when um, when Ghostface is having girl problems on a song. It's magic. But like you know, you get you kind of get sick of drug rounds all the time. I get it. That's what you did. Cool. You don't do that now. So can you talk about what you do now, sir? I, I never thought about it like that. I just thought Pusha T was excellent. He is so, excellent okay. at rapping, but he is also okay. one of those people like Megan Thee Stallion where she only has three topics. Okay. <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion is an excellent rapper who based her whole style off of, of, of a pimp C. Like we, we like, yeah, I think her That's and Big true. Crit, I think her and Big Crit should have a- But she's a from Houston. Deal. What do you expect her to do? Pimp C is from Port Arthur, but- um. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think her and Big Crit should get together and have and see who whose pimp C impression is better. Damn. You just back to the story. I, I was about to say the same thing. Okay, cool. Um I uh yeah, yeah. So so sh- he tells she tells Art that she needs an hour or two to get up to speed with the case. And he tells her that she can get up to speed on the desk and sends her away. He also tells her that if she asks him for the money one more time, he's going to shred it. So Sarah goes and meets uh, Kasima in a bar and tells Kasima that she still doesn't believe that they're clones. Kasima asks for the briefcase and Sarah's like, I want some answers first. So Kasima tells her the answers are in the briefcase. Kasima's the scientist that Katja was talking about. To be more exact, she's a PhD student studying evolutionary development biology at the University of Minnesota. And she's heading back there that evening. Sarah tells her that Katja was sick and that she doesn't know she should be worried about it. And Kasima's like, if you give me the case, I'll be able to tell you in a couple weeks. And um, Sarah asks if she knows who shot uh, Katja in the head. And Kasima tells her that months ago, Katja... Six months ago, Katja contacted Beth and told her about genetic identicals being hunted in Europe. So Beth used facial recognition software to find matches in America, which turned up Kasima and Allison. But now they want to find the original, the creator, and who's killing them. 
Yeah, you also have to mention she said North America, so like the the American clone and the Canadian clone. Yeah, but she said she said North America. Yeah. Um, they want to know more, but they lost their cop. Uh, luckily, Sarah's portraying Beth, so they need her to stay there to help them out. And Sarah's like, "I'm not a cop, and Art's gonna figure me out." And Kasima says, "I know that." But they're where your biological imperative now. Because Katja's fingerprints will match her fingerprints. So she needs to um, get Katja's fingerprints cleared somehow. Sarah says she just wants to know one thing. And then she asks about the dry patch of skin between her eyebrows. And Kasima tells her, keep your sense of humor. Because Beth didn't. This was kind of bad writing. When they were like, oh, we're just going to delete her fingerprints. In a yeah. missing case story, they'd just be like, oh, what happened to that missing person's fingerprints? Yeah, that was hella fucking happened. easy. No, but so I, I don't think, know, something happened. Well, I think they put, again. I think they made it. Yeah, I think that's what they did. She said that they she delayed it, but it's going to come back because all she did was delete the email. And you can clearly tell that that guy back there working in that section was clearly overloaded with work. So, like, at some point, he's going to have to, like, get back to this and so, or somebody's going to ask him and be like, hey, what did happen with that? So she only delayed it. It's and she she made sure that she told them that she, that she only delayed it. And um, Sarah arrives at the office, and Art tells her that he booked her on the gun range, and also tells her that um, what? What did I write? Hold on one second. Oh, uh, Art also tells her that they pieced together the fragments of Katja's skull and they were able to find out that she was shot. Uh, Art mm -hmm. gets a call and the caller says with a voice changing app that uh, they can tell him about Jane Doe and they say that she was just one of a few, unfit for family, and that she was horse glue. Oh, and that she ex expired at Allenside Park. Uh, he tells Sarah, Art tells Sarah to check the log to see if any shots were fired at Allenside, and then he leaves. But Sarah doesn't have a, doesn't remember how to log into the system. And so she tells Raj, the IT guy, that she can't remember her password. And so she needs help uh, resetting her password and with the procedure for fingerprint results. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, forensics tells her that the results are probably in his inbox and walks away. So she starts to go for his email, and he's like, the fuck are you doing? And she says she's helping him out and deletes the information while telling him that there wasn't anything there. Art and Detective DeAngelis are at Allen's side, and Detective DeAngelis wonders if someone is pulling Art's chain, but then he finds a broken auto glass, but there's no casing. So he looks further out and says that it may have been a rain shot. And Miss S at the same time is meeting with Sarah and tells her that she doesn't care how she faked her death or why. Miss S tells her the new clothes in a Jaguar do not a parent make and proves it. I don't know how this is connected by asking Sarah to tell her what kind of bird was flying by. And Sarah doesn't know anything about birds. So Miss S like, see. No, no, Sarah doesn't remember about the birds because as her parent, she taught her about bird watching. As her parent, you taught Pooh about things that she probably doesn't remember how to do either. Does that make her a bad person? 
No, that makes her a child. I mean, it's um, it's just a it's it's a it's, it's a silly way to show that somebody's not a good person. Yeah, like I, you don't remember what that bird is, like bitch. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm 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 one hundred percent with you there. Like she could have just said, "You left your child with me for a year." Right, nigga. It's been eleven months. You abandoned your child to do <laughs> to run off with a drug dealer. That's why she's staying with me for a while, because you have nothing solid, and um. Miss S says she's going to set up a visit, but the only way she's getting Kira back is to prove you can be still. Literally, like, just stop running. You're constantly moving. Like, just let the girl have a life. Let her build somewhere. Let her get a foundation. I feel like that's what Miss S is asking her to do. And she's like, mm. And um, Sarah tells Miss S that you're not the legal guardian of... Uh, Kira or me and Miss S tells her that you know you can visit in any, any other approach to this solution that you want but in return I'm gonna stop lying to social services for you and Sarah's like you wouldn't do that to Kira and Miss S like I wouldn't do it to Kira but I'd definitely do it to you <laughs> which I feel that um, Art finds a shooter blind and at the same time Sarah tells Kasima that the killer contacted Art and Kasima tells her to stay with Art. Sarah tells her that she can't because she's bloody useless. He wants her on the range tomorrow and she's never even fired a gun. And Kasima tells her that, well, we know someone who can help with that. And Art and Detective DeAngelis find motorcycle treads and Art finds a Barbie doll with bright red hair. And it's the same Barbie doll. Um, if if you're paying attention, the Barbie doll when when she went to Katya's room, mm -hmm. there was a Barbie doll without a head that had burn marks all over the the Barbie doll's body. So this is obviously the same Barbie doll. It's just you know she took the head with her. Well, yeah, they went and he shot Katya, and then went to the hotel to look for the uh briefcase i guess because it can't be you shoot her then you go to the hotel then you get the head and you go back to the spot where you shot somebody like that's too many that's leaving too many uh breadcrumbs for no reason allison tells sarah that she can't just conjure up a babysitter out of nowhere so she can't take her shooting but she had, and then she asks uh, her husband donnie to watch him for a couple hours and he's like i have a tea time and Sarah's like, I have a solution, and it's Felix. She's also this told about amazing. This was so amazing. I love uh, Felix. Right? I told you so. Uh, Sarah's told by Raj that a Suzuki sports bike was stolen four days ago, and she tells Raj, "Can you put out a um, you know, a, a thingy, a thingy on the bike, an ASAP?" And he's like, "An APB?" And she's like, "Yeah, put an APB on an ASAP." <laughs> And her and Allison go out to shoot. And Allison tells her that, you know, since someone is hunting us down and I need to protect my family, Beth taught me how to shoot. Uh, Sarah tells Allison that anything she could tell her about Beth would be appreciated. And Allison tells her that I don't know much about Beth, to be honest, because she was discreet, she didn't pry, and she didn't bring her foster brother to my house. And Sarah's like, I'm sorry I didn't know the rules of Clone Club. And Allison tells her, don't use the C word around me. The thing is that her children can't know that her mother that their mother's a freak. So things have to stay on a need-to-know basis. 
and Allison decided to trust her and tell Sarah that Beth had a fund that she would use to get information unofficially, and it was all from Allison. Yeah, this is Allison <clears throat> explaining her the, the reason why she feels this way. One, she never wanted to be a part of this. She feels like a freak and she doesn't want to she doesn't want that to come across to her children. And at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the other people that she met, one's a cop, one's a scientist and she's a soccer mom. So her only contribution to this was that money because it was the only way she felt like she could contribute. But she doesn't really want a part in any of this. And that's the reason for her hostility with all of this and why we think of her as a bitch, because she doesn't want anything to do with this. This all just landed in her lap. I don't I don't think of her as a bitch. I think she's hilarious. I mean, because because you hilarious. because you you know what she turns into. But it's like but like I said, at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of this episode, like they all change over time and we feel differently about them. No, even knowing what she turns into. I, I, even before that, I just thought that she was, I thought she just had the kill shot lines. I thought she was hilarious. Every single time she opens up her mouth, she's saying something mean, which is hilarious to me because it's not being said to me. Otherwise, I'd be put out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, let's see. So, Allison realized that Sarah could rob her blind, but they're trusting her not to. And to get her the money back. Uh, Allison returns to her house to find Gemma and her son Oscar dressed in drag. No, 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 no. You missed the most important line. You can't fool the bank, can you? <laughs> yeah, that's already been done. That's been done a long time ago. Exactly. Or just took the money. Yeah, we've been doing that. And, um... Yeah, Allison returns to the house to find Gemma and her son Oscar dressed in drag. And Felix is about to leave, and Gemma asks Allison, begs Allison to let Felix stay tonight, but she says no. And Felix is like, my work here is done anyway, and bids them adieu with an adios, dragsters. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison does not look pleased. Felix asks if they're going to rip Allison off, and Sarah's like, yep. And Paul comes home and says he needs a change of clothes, so... Um, Sarah tells Felix to go hide, and he hides in the closet where Paul's going to get his change of clothes. No, they're in Canada, so like he didn't notice like Felix's coat or anything. Like you know what I mean? Like Paul is really terrible. Like, like he's really horrible at like noticing clues because <laughs> he walked right past where Felix was, and like there has to be at the very least a coat somewhere. If they were drinking, there had to be two glasses. Why are there two glasses here? Like, there's a whole bunch of things that Paul could have could have noticed, and he just walked right past it. So, um, she tells him that she got reinstated, and he turns around right as he was about to discover Felix, who's in the closet, literally, uh, hiding on one side opposite of where he's getting his clothes. Like, it's really, really lucky that he didn't see him. And supposedly, um, Jordan Gavaris was still in the closet at this point in real life. And she tells him that she got reinstated and apologized for being the way she is. And Paul asks her how she would feel if he started pulling the hot and cold game on her. And she says, maybe he should. And so they start getting frisky. And she's into it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Felix is really into it. <laughs> so is Sarah. 
No, but I know, but Felix is like super into it. He's like, oh shit, she's about to get in here. Like he's so <laughs> fucking, he's like so fucking excited. And I'm like, why is he so excited? That's like your sister, dog. Like, but he's, <laughs> but he's like on the side, he is just, he is so fucking excited. And I was just like, this is just weird, bro. And um, right as she's really starting to get into it, Paul just stops and he's like, sorry, I got to go. And dips out. No, she stopped it. No, he stopped it. She did. She, she did. She, she, re- like she, she realized that he that she was too into it. And then she turned around and kind of pushed him away a little bit. He came yeah. back in for another kiss and stuff. And she took it. But she realized she was too into it. And she turned around. Mm-hmm. It's not how it seemed to me, but okay. Um, Sarah says that she has to keep her eye on the prize and goes to the gun range. Um, Art tells her that there has to be three people at the crime scene. And she says the body dump doesn't match a professional hit, which Art agrees with. Uh, then he shows her the picture of the Barbie head and lets her know that they have a live one because this, this person also called in uh, to the station and taunted him. Uh, she tells Art that they found her stolen Suzuki after she gets a call from Raj. Uh, and they go to check to see if the tires match the prints that they have. They go to an apartment building and see the motorcycle. And they see motorcycle gloves through the window of one apartment. So they go in. Sarah finds a Bible with the Bible verse circled. Uh, which is Psalms 139.13. And while she's reading it, uh, he starts reading it also. Because it's displayed on the wall. Like somebody wrote this shit crazily on the wall. It's the same verse. Mm-hmm. And um, Sarah also finds a picture of a clone in this same Bible, which she pockets. Yes. Uh, Right as uh, she does that, she sees a shooter outside. And so she tackles Art, saving him from being shot. But he gets cut by glass, I guess. Or he gets winged. I'm not quite sure. I, 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 I didn't quite get that either. I didn't know whether he got grazed or... What? Yeah, I just figured he got like grazed by the bullet, and so he uh, told her to go after the shooter. Um, the shooter was about to take off on a bike, but when Sarah tells him to freeze, they took off running, and Sarah gave chase. Uh, Sarah lost sight of the shooter, and as she called Art to update him on her location, the shooter surprised her, knocking her down. Crack. The shooter's yeah. prepared to stab Sarah with a knife and says good written to Elizabeth Childs, but Sarah shouts out that she is in Beth, so the shooter takes off their hood and reveals another one. Oh, that's what it was? That was another clone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I couldn't tell. And so she calls, the clone calls Sarah a dirty little copy cop, and Sarah takes a piece of rebar and, rebar and stabs her in the side with it. The clone pulls out her uh, knife, but tells Sarah, not yet not Beth, and stumbles off. Or she pulls out her gun and tells Sarah, not yet, not Beth, and stumbles off. Art finds them right as the clone escapes, and um, Sarah collapses into Art's arms as the clone speeds off on a motorcycle. Sarah tells the lieutenant that she didn't get a good look at the shooter because he had a hood on and attacked her from behind. The lieutenant asks why they were there without backup, and Art says they were following a flimsy lead on a stolen bike. 
Art asked to take Sarah home and apologized for not having her back when she had his. And she's like, I don't need a ride home. I just need a shower and an early start so we can catch this guy. And Art gives her the money back, which he had in his trunk. He lied to her. And he says she'll see him in the morning. She sits and looks at the 75K. Uh, Felix asks if she's sure about what she's about to do, and she nods. Uh, she goes to Miss S's house and watches Kira and Miss S having a moment together, and she realizes that Miss S is right. She'll be a crap mother if she just came and snatched Kira and ran off without telling the other clones, which Felix completely agrees with. She's right. Yeah, and also she hasn't she hasn't told anybody about the clone the clone that she got whacked over the head by. Mm-hmm. Like, she hasn't told anybody about that. So, like, they they know that someone's hunting them down. They just don't know it's another one of them. Felix is shocked that she's going to give the money back to Allison. And she tells him, Miss S is only giving me one visit, and I need to get it right. So they drive to Allison's house. Uh, meanwhile, the other clone is pulling a rebar out of her side. And the camera pans out, and we see her back. And it's nothing more than a series of cuts and slashes. Like she stands to me. Hmm? They were. They like wings to me. They were. And also, um, what was that what was that movie with the um the Da Vinci Code? Remember that guy was like flogging himself and like doing stuff on some religious shit? It that's originally that's what it, that reminded me of. But yes, it did look like wings. And she stands weirdly and twitches as the episode ends. I love this show. <laughs> I've been telling people to watch it. Good. Yeah. And and also like the music cue for this new clone is like it excited me so much because they played the music cue before we saw who the character was and then they played it again when uh, she re- when she took off her hood and I got so excited by the music cue. Uh, this is my favorite character. I'm sorry. I I love this character and like I can't wait to get like a little bit deeper into the character. This show better not fall off a cliff like Oz. It's too good right now. I'll be so angry. I don't believe it That's does. All I gotta say. I don't believe it does. Personally, I don't believe it does. So, thank y'all so much for listening to the show. Uh, you can leave a voicemail at 916-633-1537. Um, you can send an email to return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. And I'm there as Rashani. The show is under RTO Podcasts. Um, You can leave a review for the show on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on um, Podchaser. And then cut and copy that and put it into... uh, Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that in the, into the Good Pods app. Uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast, or on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or again on the Good Pods app where there's a tip jar. Scar, you got anything coming up? No, I mean, I'm... It's, it's, it's business as usual. I'm actually selling candles, and I'm not, I'm not offering a discount right now. It's weird. Um, because I usually don't sell anything until I offer a discount. So, yeah, I just had somebody buy like $60 worth of candles. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. And they paid full price. Hell yeah. That's what's up. 
And I know Brandon doesn't have anything going on because every time he asks me, he says no. For real? Brandon, what you got going on? I don't have anything going on, but a friend of mine, a friend of mine who's been on Hindsight and we've done shows with Chanel creating is starting a, uh, has an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe for a web series, like a sketch comedy show. So I told her I would shout her out on the show. So go to ChanelCreating.com and support this nice black lady. I completely agree. Uh, Chanel's dope as fuck, and her show is going to be absolutely amazing. It's a black woman creating a sketch comedy, which I can never get enough of. So please go to her uh, Indiegogo and uh, yeah, uh, join and, and donate whatever you can. Look, see, I had something. You didn't. Personally, you didn't. Personally, you did not, but I appreciate you bringing this uh, to the table. Um, Yeah. That about sums it up. Thank y'all so much. And on hindsight, we're doing black exploitation movies. And And for you all who don't know, Rashani is an old man who's never seen any black exploitation movies ever in his life. So this is his first time seeing black exploitation movies. So it's I the feel reverse. Vaguely of insulted show. by you calling me an old man. Also I haven't seen most of it and I think I'm older than Rashani, right? <laughs> also, I'm not taking notes for those movies. Yes, we've already discussed this. Yeah, and I decided I'm not. The fuck am notes. I gonna take notes for on, on something I've never even seen before? That's the point. You run through the movies. I'll take notes on all of them except the first. The first wait, wait, wait. Movie. So let me make sure I got this straight. You haven't seen a ton of movies that I got you watching, and you don't take notes on none of them. That's not true. I took notes on a couple movies. I took notes on Fat Beach. That I was your movie. That. You, that was your you, movie. That was for your bad you, meaning bad or bad meaning good. That why, wasn't me. I, why would that I, necessitate I, notes? <laughs> I, I saved you from that because I care. I would never make you take notes on Fat Beach. But you're making me take notes on black exploitation movies. Excellent black exploitation movies. Hold up, Scar, you haven't seen any either? Most of them. No, I was I may have seen a couple, but I've never been interested in black exploitation. Back in those days, if I if I wanted to see something, I wanted to see Kung Fu movies. I didn't really give a fuck about black exploitation. Well yeah, we're doing a we have a black exploitation kung fu movie with Jim Kelly and uh, some other people in it. That's on the list. The only black exploitation movie I've ever seen is Original Gangsters. But we're kicking it off with Call That's not a black exploitation movie. I know, but that's a movie where the nigga from the Jamie Foxx show plays a lead gangster, the lead villain, and he's awful. I thought that was, um, what you call it? I the the that, nigga that from was, the Jamie Foxx show, the light-skinned was, dude. Was that, was that Original Braxton Gangsters? Braxton Hartnabree. Yeah, Braxton. But I thought, hold on. Are y'all gonna make me look this up? What? Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Because he played a gangster in something so else too. He played a gangster in something else too, right? Oh, I have no clue. I saw him in uh, original gangsters, and that was all I needed. Um, hold up! Hold up! I'm looking. Wait, give me one moment. I, you don't know how excited I am, Shani, for you to watch these movies. I'm I'm just like I can't even sit back and enjoy the movie as a full flow through because you, you want me to what? take notes. 
you know what? Because I care about you, because I love you, I will take the notes for these movies. Thank you. Okay, that gives me a month off. I am so excited. I'm not as good as this as you, but I will take the notes, and I'll have the show suffer because I love you. The show. I thought I thought he was the dude in another movie, but I'm I'm wrong. No, this is the first time he played a gangster, and I laughed. (laughs) I laughed like because this nigga literally (laughs) lost in a basketball game and then shot the nigga. Can we talk American? Can we talk original gangsters? That movie's so bad. Can I confess to something? You've never seen original gangsters. No, I've seen that. Oh, can I confess to something on this? It's it's worse than that. Something I haven't seen since you brought that up, and then since I went to see Death of the Nile. And I can't believe I'm confessing to this on this show as a movie guy, as somebody who was actually an actual movie critic in an association. I have never seen any of the Godfather movies. I haven't. I've I've seen half of one. Stop after two. Don't even worry about three. Other than the fact that three has probably one of the best slaps in movie history, um, just stop. <laughs> just stop after two. Um, it two three, three just ain't it. Um, but two is pretty much two is the best one. Um, I went to see Death in the Nile, and they had a commercial that was coming back to the theaters this month. And I was like, huh. I've seen clips of The Godfather, but I've never sat down and watched the whole movie. Let me tell you, as much as you think that um, that your boy Braxton was bad as a gangster, man, listen, he was horrible as a military commander in Black Lightning. My goodness. <laughs> That's right, he was a military commander in Black Lightning. Oh, my God, he was fucking horrible, though. <laughs> I'm, like, I... I'm like, yo, dog, how the fuck did he get this job? I'm so glad I quit that show. Man, fuck it. What you call it? <laughs> All right, Wayne, totally Wayne Brady. So Wayne that? Brady was like the ultimate badass in one of the seasons of Black Lightning. <laughs> Actually, Wayne Brady was all right though. Uh, Wayne yeah, Brady don't, did. Don't watch thing. Black Lightning, Rashawn. Don't watch it at all. No, don't watch it. It's not good. Really? We, I like. We I tried like Black Lightning. We tried to record it. And then it just got so bad that we just had to stop. We were recording one episode, I think it was season two, and Stephanie and, De- and Devin were like, hey, Brandon, I love y'all. I can't do this anymore. This is, And I was like, I understand. I, I can't watched, even. I watched the whole thing, and I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. One thing, though, one thing about Black Lightning, the fucking music is fantastic. Bruh, like, the music is fucking fantastic. And I don't know who was behind all of that, but God damn, it was, I mean, the music was better than Luke Cage's music. You know, Luke Cage, the music was fantastic, but Black Lightning, man. The the music was good. The show wasn't very good. I I like Black Lightning. And and it's, it's weird because like, especially on the last episode with one of the kids and apparently the actress had a problem with some people and it seemed very obvious that they brought yeah, the actress China. back. They China brought the actress back for the last episode and like she never interacted with certain people, even though they were all in the same room. Um, she is technically their child, but she never interacted with her parents at all. At all. It's as if her parents were not there 
one bit and they're all in the same room and there was just no interaction at all. I love these changes at the end of the show. They're the yeah. best. They're the best. But yeah, go listen to Hindsight for the next month to listen to Rashani get to enjoy something that you know we all should enjoy. As long as y'all get the boss nigga, I'm cool. Black history. Boss nigga is on there somewhere. It's just not being done this next week. I don't remember. I think we're doing coffee. I know Jeff wanted to do PD Wheat Straw, which is insane. Um, what else are we doing? Uh, Truck Turner, Cleopatra Jones, which is like a woman uh, kung fu movie, and Shaft. Does Sonny Carson count? No. I will not watch Sonny Carson ever again. We did that, remember? <laughs> That's the one know, movie we did, we, and we did that at for what the Dream Team? No, we didn't watch that. You did. And oh I think my Jay, god! I think Jay had already seen it, but like, no, man, I'm. I'll just. That was the worst acting. Like, I swear that I think that's my problem. My other problem with seventies movies is that it feels like they just walked up to niggas and were like ad lib. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like you know like what you call it, um, homegirl off of the wire. Well, they just found her on the street. It was just like you should be. Yeah, but she show. was good. But she was. Was good. she? Was she? She was good. I think she was just. I think she was just a Baltimore chick. Like that's all she really was. Like she didn't exactly. really have to. That's she why really, it was so authentic. That was no acting. You know what I mean? Like that, that wasn't. Scene, that scene in the hardware shop is top five scene ever. <laughs> yeah, of all time. You earned that show. bump like a motherfucker. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, uh, Skills actually made a song off of that 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 scene called the kickback. Somebody made a whole song about um, fucking brother moves on. We'll get there when we get to my next show. Oh, we doing the wire for your show, huh? You trying to make up for the eyes? I see. Good job. I, I is it making that. up for the for eyes? Yes. Don't disrespect the wire. You will not. All right. Disrespect all right. The wire. So. All right, so here's what I'm gonna do, right? Because I know that's where you, that's where your home is. I know that's where your heart is. As long that as my you, heart, as long, I don't as like long, Baltimore. Why you think I left long, that place? As long as you don't, as long as, as long as I, you don't come at Magoo, I won't come at the wire because I'm not. Don't a give a fuck. I know you, I know Why are you? What? What the fuck is up with you and Magoo, dog? I'm I joking. know you're not comparing Magoo to the I'm wire. I'm joking. That I'm joking. Insulting. I'm joking, based off of no, the, that's a, the side that's tangent. That's an insulting joke. I'm just saying, like, long as you don't come at my people, I won't come at yours. Even though I'm not a fan of the wire, my people are actually good. Okay, cool. The wire is good. What are you gonna tell me? You don't like the in, in the heat of the night either? I only remember that from being around my grandma. Like, you know what I mean? That's a, that's the only that's the only thing I remember about in the heat of the night. Like, I remember the the, and the song, the nigga from the song. Yeah, and that nigga was singing the fuck out that shit, dog. For real, it's, he's like the the O'Reilly's dude because you know the O'Reilly's dude is singing is singing hard as fuck for an O'Reilly's commercial, and you just kind of like, all right, dog, I'll let you have it. But that that nigga in the heat of the night, he felt that shit that day. Okay. Look at that, Rashad. You didn't know I knew about that, did you? You thought that was before my time. No. I'm just I surprise you. I'd be surprising you sometimes. 
Oh, last thing. Guess what, Rashani? My Meteor Man number one comic came in. Your Meteor Man? Oh, it did. Yeah. So okay. now, now I don't I don't act like famous people or accounts on Twitter because I think <laughs> it's weird. But I am about to at Marvel Studios every month from now on to try to get them to put Meteor Man in the MCU. You didn't that's see my, my hashtag? My I got the hashtag on, on Twitter. That's my mission. So I can be rich. So, okay. What's, I, I don't remember Meteor Man. Like, I've seen it, but I don't really remember it. That was a Marvel? It. That was a Marvel thing? No, it wasn't a Marvel thing, but Marvel bought the rights after the movie and made uh, comic books. Okay. Don't go I mean, back and watch I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, Stranger Things have happened. They found a way to put Howard the fucking Duck into the MCU movies. Like, Howard the Duck was was in the scene in Endgame. You know what I mean? Like, they, But Howard the Duck was actually a part of the, the MCU before that because he was in one of the... Um, he was in Guardians. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm saying, like, if they can figure out how to get Howard the fucking Duck in the big scene at the end of fucking Endgame, we might get Meteor Man. They can figure out how to put Meteor Man in the fucking scene. In, in, Listen, in the don't watch the Meteor Man. Rashani and I did that, so you don't have to do that. Nah, I'll never do that. Never. Mm-mm. Get out of my way, crack boy. <laughs> Drug dealer people. Meteor Man is here. He did call him Crack Boy. <laughs> Out of my way, Crack Boy. He wrote that <laughs> shit. Okay. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're gonna haunt you later. Peace. I, I think I get. I think I get Braxton and the dude, uh, the dude um, Red from the Five Heartbeats mixed up sometimes. How Braxton is young? Just, did Brandon call me old earlier? <laughs> I, I look. I, no, I, know I said I, you're older than me. No, you said uh, I'm you old. Said, you said, you said I'm an old, old man. You said he was an old man. Older yep. man than me. You said no, I was an old man. Said. Now you cleaning that shit up now, but that is not what you had said. He called me an old <laughs> man. <laughs> older between, man than me. Between that and 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 Scar vehemently dick riding for Magoo this episode. <laughs> See, this is why. This is why I I have to now. Because you, because you keep you bringing this to. shit up. You don't have to dick ride from you a goo. Bringing, you make the conscious decision. That's, that's, like my, that's, that's my people. You know what I mean? I keep. I gotta. I gotta support my people. But you supported him by saying he was on the same level as Missy I said, Elliott. I said they rapped the same in the early days. They rapped the same. Yes, they did. I think he. I think you could have said he rapped the same as Timberland. No, they all rapped the same. It was kind of like it's kind of like what Babyface did with like Babyface, Tony Braxton, and um the white dude um John B. John B. They all sounded exactly the same. You're saying Tony John Braxton, B. <laughs> John B. <laughs> John B. and Babyface like, did sound just alike. They all sounded like Babyface. But that's because Babyface wrote their shit. So what you're saying is that and, and Missy wrote Magoo shit. The same reason why T-Boz sounds like Jermaine Dupree, because she basically sang the songs that Jermaine Dupree wrote, like Jermaine Dupree did. And that's why that's how she just determined her 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 signature style of singing that low. She, Jermaine Dupree couldn't sing like her. So he wrote the songs and he did reference tracks and she just copied the reference tracks the way that he did it. 
Okay, I'm not. I'm not, okay. You, you. That is that is a that is a fact, sir. Okay. Okay, I'm that not going. Fact. Okay, I'm I learned not. so much about music from Scar. Right. No Scar <laughs> knows so much useless shit about music that it's like I told him to do a music podcast, and he refuses because he doesn't want to do a podcast with me, and he's gonna quit pretty soon. So I don't even know what the fuck the nigga's still doing here. He was like, the next time we do a show, he doesn't like he's gonna cash out, but the next show we're doing for me is the fucking Wire. So what the fuck are you gonna do? You either gonna say the Wire's a bad show, or you're going to stick through the best show that's been made in a long time. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say The Wire is not one of my favorite shows. That's all I'm I guarantee say. you he switches this up when we watch it. I, I he has to. You, I won't. I guarantee because you I won't. If y'all remember, y'all listeners, we're still recording. You remember when we started Oz, Scar was telling me how great a show this show was. Oh, Oz is, Oz is so great. You're going you to love this show. It's so great. And then three seasons in, he's like, uh, yeah. Uh, it's still no, not what I remember. But, but honestly, I felt the same about playmakers. Like you know, exactly. that, that, that nostalgia, which I don't, I don't do a whole lot of nostalgia. But so like, the that nostalgia got happen me. to you with the wire. So hold on, hold on. What's what's not gonna happen? That's absolutely true because you were right there on the front line saying Oz was great, Scar, and I was the one who was like, I only remembered it up to like ep- season three or season four. After that, I I I started living life. You said you had seen the entire thing, so one of us was camping for Oz much more than the other. I will That's say, right. I will say, like I said, in both cases, nostalgia got me. Uh, Got me, got me fucked up, off, uh, uh, fucked up in the game. I'll say that. I, I remembered it being a lot better than what it actually was. And reverse nostalgia is going to get you with the wire. Not, not going to happen. I just don't. It just don't sit with me the same way that it sit with y'all. I prefer, I prefer Breaking Bad and The Shield, as opposed. I mean, to- that's not an insult. <laughs> Break, people say Breaking Bad is the top two or three show ever. It yeah. is. But 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 the wire doesn't crack my ten. That's like saying you know, LeBron is ass. I prefer Jordan. No, I, I, it's the other way around for me. LeBron but is the most insane. Great. LeBron is the most insanely skilled human being to ever walk this earth, <laughs> and Jordan was a very good scorer and a pretty good defender. A very good defender. You don't have to understand. All right, we'll holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace. Very good defender in tandem with Scottie Pippen. Why are you trying to sneak shit in so the conversation keeps going, nigga? I want to get off the goddamn show. Get off the goddamn show. I said. I said what I had said. You're saying inflammatory shit because you're still mad because niggas know Magoo sucks. I don't care about Magoo that much. I really don't. I just, I just hate that you. Keep I mean, I, I, look, I didn't even know you liked Magoo like that because when I first met you, it was all about uh, Mace. So I didn't say anything about Mace, and then I find out out of the blue that you ride from Magoo, and I was like, "What the I fuck did that come from?" I fuck with, I fuck, I fuck with Mace, and I really liked Harlem World, and I got trashed for my opinion. I got trashed for my opinion about Harlem World, and I shut the fuck up about it ever since. You're not gonna say anything bad about Mace around me. Why not? Mace was the shit. You kidding me? The fucking murder mace was the shiznit. Although I'm more of a Cameron guy than Mace, but still. Cameron's another guy who can't make albums. 
<laughs> Nigga, have you heard both? Have you heard bottom of the pussy hole? What is that? He can make songs. He can't make albums. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he can't make a whole body of work that I care to listen to. Come home with me. Come Bottom of the Pussy Hole is a song that, that, that Cameron did that is a... It's a song that Cameron did. I like Come Home With Me, but there are there are quite a few skippables. Yeah, so you need to do a music podcast. I learned so much from you. I don't know shit about music except what I listen to. You be having so many random facts. Did you know that the ex-wife of Prince that nobody knew about that he divorced in 1987 actually wrote the hook to Dove's Cry. <laughs> that does sound like something you'd say. I mean, he did take credit from Wendy and Lisa on Purple Rain, though. <laughs> and then Wendy and Lisa w- moved on and they did the music uh, for Heroes and shit like that. They do they do production stuff now for TV shows and movies and shit. I guess, they, I guess the water was warm enough. I guess so. Alright, again, thank y'all for listening. We'll holler at you later. Peace. Theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats, and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com, which is M-A-K-A-I-H.com, or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you're